Welcome to the Olive Podcast. I'm Janine, Olive's deputy editor and podcast host, and each episode I'll be catching up with chefs, cuckoo writers, and characters from the food scene in Britain and beyond. Join us each week to expand your food knowledge as our guests share 10 things we need to know about their specialist subject. And do listen out for our effortless bonus episodes where they also reveal their top cooking cheats, hacks, and shortcuts. Okay, I'm here with Hannah, our drinks writer on Olive Magazine, and Hannah's going to talk us through 10 things you need to know about summer drinking. So to kick us off, Hannah, one thing that I really love, and it's super simple for summer entertaining, is jug cocktails. Tell us about that. There's so many things you can do. Um, something a bit more unusual, but I really enjoy, is uh, a recipe we have for a mezcal, apple and kombucha cooler. Um, kombucha is a really nice base to use for cocktails because it adds a bit of flavour, um, and we, it sounds a bit out there but actually adding apple juice and mezcal because the mezcal is a bit smoky mm. and the apple juice is a bit fruity and the kombucha has a little bit of funkiness it's a bit more of a of a grown-up spirit mm. um if you want to make it non-alcoholic then just take out the mezcal and add in your favorite um non-alcoholic aperitif spirit and that makes for something kind of a bit not too sweet and a yeah, bit more a bit more grown up a bit more, yeah a bit more grown up a bit more elegant um Another great jug cocktail is if you want to supersize a Negroni Spagliato, which I think I've said correctly. Um, this is really easy as the proportions are um, uh, 111, which is um, Campa- which is Campari, Vermouth and sparkling wine. Oh, okay. So, yeah, if you did a jug cocktail Negroni, that would be quite hefty in terms yeah. of <laughs> yeah. how much alcohol you're consuming but um if you swap a gin for fizz then it's light and spicy. it lightens it up a bit yeah and um you might want to add if you're not adding ice just add in a little water in there just to kind of um yeah marry the ingredients and actually there. since it's summer you can probably get some quite um lower abv sparkling wines as well which will still give you the the winey um the winey flavour, but not, but not like the heftiness of the alcohol. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't use um, anything sort of too high. You want something kind of light and spritzy, and yeah. um, which we'll talk about a little bit later as cool. well. Brilliant. Also, you were going to mention sangrias, which I'm a big fan of. Yes, um, I also love sangria. They're the best way to use up leftover wine. Um, so if that exists. <laughs> if that exists. Well, I mean, so... I love wine, um, but my partner doesn't drink. So, you know, if I open up a bottle, mm. I sort of have to kind of think about how, because obviously I hate waste. Yeah. So if there is leftover wine and you're like, oh, because, you know, you, you, after a few days, it's probably not. At it's, its, probably best. Past its best. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you can, in the summer, you can make it into a sangria. Um, it works for red, white or rosé wine. And you can pretty much use whatever... Um, seasonal fruits you have to sat, have to hand and you can yeah. play around with mixes and spirits because you know sangria like classic sangria you'll usually add a little bit of brandy yeah um into the base um but you can use things like elderflower liqueur ginger liqueur lovely um cointreau um my favorite is usually a white run sangria with elderflower liqueur and either soft summer berries or something like nectarines or peaches um, a good tip for sangrias, by the way, is um, if you've got a bit of time, is to macerate some of the fruit with the wine and whatever spirit or liqueur you're using um, for an hour in the fridge. Nice. Just in the jug and it just sort of lets all the flavours marry together. Um, and if you, if the fruit's a bit soft, you know, if it's berries, if you just gently crush it and that releases some of the fruit mm. juice so you have a really nice 
fruity drink afterwards. So pretty in the jug as well, if you're like putting that out for people to help themselves. Yeah, I know, it's lovely. And it just it just screams summer. Yeah, fantastic. Um, and on to some non-alcoholic options. So tell us about Switchels, because they're becoming more and more popular, aren't they? Yes, so Switchels are actually a really old drink. Um, and they're usually a mixture of apple cider vinegar, um, a sweetener like honey or maple syrup, um, fresh ginger and a little bit of water. And you can usually, you can actually make it together, make it really easily at home. Um, so just mix those ingredients together in a jar um, and then chill in the fridge for several hours or overnight. And then you'll just get, and then strain the ingredients out afterwards. And you're left with this really um, punchy, gingery, sort of tart uh, drink and you can sip mm. that meat over ice or mix with um, water if you want to buy something ready-made then there's a really great brand called mother root um that do a great switch and it's it's actually really it's got really lovely fiery yeah. ginger flavor yeah. which i really like in drinks when the ginger's proper like punchy yeah and you mentioned kombucha before because obviously switchels what what's great about them is you can make your own kombucha, but it, it's a little bit of a palava because you have to wait for it to ferment. Mm-hmm. But with Switchels, you're getting a similar kind of tangy flavour. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's yeah, t- sort of tangy and tart. Um, it's like a shrub, which is a sort of fruit, vinegar and sugar um, syrup. It, you know, these are really great summer drinks, particularly if you're not drinking, because it's a, unlike a soft drink, it just adds that sort of uh, slightly more complex flavour yeah. that you usually get with alcohol. Yeah. Brilliant. And the next one for Jean T fans um, is new Jean Ts, which um, are like different variations with tonic. I was in Portugal a couple of weeks ago and we had a lot of white port and tonic, which is fantastic. And it's it's quite trendy now as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's really trendy. Um, and it's, it's a really great option for um, particularly daytime summer drinking. But, yeah. you know, when it's hot and actually you want to drink, but you don't really want something that strong yeah um or if some, if it's something you're drinking all day as well again you know if 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 if, yeah, if the alcohol is really high um yeah that's not going to end up that's not going to end well <laughs> <laughs> so yeah um port and tonic and it has lovely sort of i really like it, it has kind of quite tangy grapefruit flavors mm. when, you, when you match it with the tonic um another great drink is sherry and tonic so like mm. a white like a fino or manzanilla mixed with tonic and again it's super refreshing quite zesty um Fort, it's a great way also to use. I think most of us struggle with fortified wine, yeah. knowing exactly how to use them. Sometimes. Exactly, yeah. Um, so, and also, generally, fortified wines are usually really great value for money, like more than they're so well made, aren't they? Yeah, when you see how they're produced, and and then what they sell for, it's mm. crazy. I know it's like a, it's actually a bit of a, a secret uh, drinks hack. If you want to get va- great, great value for money. Um, often at a, yeah at a great price and they're usually often you know available in most supermarkets get yeah and get a port or a sherry um, and the best thing is they also keep ages for ages in the fridge once you open them okay. so if you have an open bottle yeah um, they'll keep for weeks um, maybe even longer depending on the, on the, on the won't deteriorate at all no no and particularly if you're mixing it with something it's it's okay fantastic I love that um the next one was you were going to tell us a bit about infusions which I think are quite popular at the moment too Yes. Um, so my favourite uh, cold weather drink um, is cold brew tea. Um, so this is different to iced tea. So with iced tea, you make like a fresh batch of tea hot and then you cool it down with ice. Um, cold brew iced tea is similar to cold brew coffee um, and it's super easy. You just add in your favourite um, tea leaves um, with cold room temperature water and you just leave it in the fridge to chill for like 
say around 12 hours. Okay. But it's, I mean, that seems like a long time, but if you're mm. making a big batch, um, that's fine. And, and it's it, all it's doing is, is brewing, but just much more slowly. And you get this lovely, like super chilled iced tea that you can just keep in the fridge for when it's really hot. And do you think the flavour's more delicate or more layered or do you, do you think you just get more out of it? I think it is, yeah. I think it's, it's less um, sort of tannic, um, a bit more delicate. Um, I probably would not use sort of English breakfast tea. But right. I'd use green tea. Um, I also really like fruit teas for this as well. But any yeah. kind of, you know, any as long as it's not sort of too heavy, yeah. um, any nice loose leaf tea yeah. or even tea bags, to be honest, would be good. And would you add any fruit or anything to them? Because I know like, you know, those infuser bottles were pop- quite popular a couple of years ago as well, weren't they? Yeah, you can use um, citrus peel, um, mint. Yeah anything like that even sort of you know raspberries strawberries and it'll just add lots of lovely delicate fruit flavors yeah and again that's that's a really nice like grown-up non-alcoholic drink isn't it with you know nothing too sweet or sugary Mm. yeah fantastic and it's great if you don't like water (laughs) a lot of people don't like drinking plain water so if you just want to kind of keep refreshed it's just drinking something a bit more interesting yeah fantastic um and then the next one is using your freezer wisely because in summer obviously god chill drinks are fantastic tell us about um grown-up slushies <laughs> um so yes grown-up slushies um i mean it's pretty much take ice booze and fruit and if you if you, you can combine it in the right way yeah. <laughs> i'll start that bit again actually yeah um so yes um so freezer free, if you have a freezer and a blender um you can make some great cocktails um a really nice one, which actually I think we have a recipe for, and I think you wrote this, Janine, is a frosé. Yes, frose cocktail. when the frosé um, craze was was at its height. <laughs> and yeah, this is a really delicious cocktail. Um, it, it involves freezing rosé wine in containers for three to four hours, and then you blitz with sugar and raspberries mm. um, together in a blender, and you just get this really delicious... Um, slushy. Yeah, rosé slushy, which... Yeah. I just think it sounds amazing. And it's quite light because, again, you can use a light rosé and then you the raspberries add incredible colour and a tiny bit of, like, tart sweetness to it. Mm. So it feels, like, super posh, but it's it's really simple to do. And it's a lovely pink colour. Yeah, and it's a lovely pink colour. Yeah. <laughs> um, another recipe we have is for a peach tea and bourbon slushy. Lovely. Which I really like. And that's just, that involves blending um, ripe peaches with cool sweet tea and bourbon mm. um, together in the blender and again, with with a bit of ice, and it's just yeah, it's very simple, dangerously yeah. simple. I think I like what what I always liked about frozen cocktails because I think I also wrote one back in the day for a a watermelon margarita was was like put in the chunked up fruit and the um and your your spirit in there and your sort of flavouring, and then you put that in the freezer and then it's literally ready to go. So there's no kind of fussing around. Mm. It's like you've got your own little blender station there. So Yeah, definitely. Um, another thing that I um, particularly like using blenders for mm. is if you want to make, if you want to batch make cocktails that you would normally shake up in a cocktail shaker. Yeah. Um, you can almost see your blender as like a giant cocktail oh, shaker. Okay, great. if you think about it, it, it shakes up and aerates all the ingredients yeah. like you would in a cocktail shaker, but incredibly quickly. And yeah. it's obviously great <laughs> if you want to make large volumes. So these are great for things like margaritas and daiquiris or pina coladas. Um, the only tip I would suggest is, and I think this probably goes for any kind of blended or frozen cocktail, mm. is just um, watch how much ice you use. If you just chuck loads of ice in, I've made right. that mistake before and it sometimes it just 
makes it too watery and you want it's best to add a little bit of ice yeah give it a give it a blitz in the blender and then taste taste it and then you can always add more but um if yeah if you add too much then it'll dilute it and also make sure that your blender is capable of crushing ice because Mm. you might kill it yes but i think a lot of them now have got the 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 capacity in the motor to to deal with blending ice but just definitely worth checking your air for sure yeah okay so something that's big on the agenda at the minute is sustainability and obviously we want to use as little packaging um plastic etc as possible tell tell us about things that we can do to to promote that when we're drinking in the summer so one of the easiest things you can do is think about how your wine and cocktails are packaged um glass generally isn't that environmentally friendly compared to say um canned drinks for example okay um and normally a bit a few years ago if you'd said canned wine or canned cocktails yeah you would have maybe pulled a face and said <laughs> are you sure um but Partic- uh, the last few years, particularly um, since lockdown, has seen an explosion. It's been quality. a revolution, hasn't there? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I think canned cocktails were kind of the breakout star of post-lockdown park drinking, which <laughs> I'm sure we all did a lot of in, in 2020. Um, loads of brands and loads of bars are releasing their own canned cocktails and the quality is often really, really good. Mm. And you can get everything from non-alcoholic spritzes. Um, and if you're looking for a really good one, Everleaf, which are a great non-alcoholic aperitif brand they fairly recently are doing their own canned spritzes and they're really delicious i've noticed that actually when you go into um you know the supermarket the drinks um fridge and and buy all of the cocktails there's tons of really lovely looking non-alcoholic non-alcoholic ones as well yeah there's some really really good ones um and yeah the quality is just amazing i think if you don't drink i, I think you can yeah you don't have to miss out no. in terms of yeah. what's available mm- um, there's also, I mean, usually, I think when they came out initially, canned drinks were more about sort of longer drinks. Mm. But now you're even getting things like, um, so white box, drink, white box drinks do something called a pocket Negroni, which is, as describes, it's a really dinky little can yeah. um, with a Negroni in it. And um, there's a brand called Moth that do... I've had those, margaritas. yeah, they're brilliant. <laughs> I know, this, and they just, yeah, they also look really, really cute. And then what about um, what about wine? Because, you know, years ago, um, box wine was really not well regarded as great, I guess. So that's kind of moved on quite a lot, hasn't it? Yeah. And it's something we've covered quite a lot um, uh, at Olive. Um, yeah, the quality of boxed wines and also canned wines has just shot up. Yeah. Um, they're really easy. They're really portable. So great for picnics. And yeah, they, they are more environmentally friendly yeah. than um than wine bottles um canned wines are also really great for when you just fancy a glass or something mm. and you don't want to open up a bottle um a really good brand um is called bowl grabber um, and they do a alvarino oh nice a portuguese pronunciation um which is lovely really fruity and zesty um you can find it in a cardo um both in boxed and canned form and that's just a really nice that's summer good. wine yeah um yeah to bring along when you're planning on some after definitely drinking. and i think if you search online we, we've certainly got guides for like great box wines and canned wines so you know just just rating them um but because everyone's doing much better versions now the whole standard is really tipped mm, up which definitely. is which is fantastic okay and on to the next one which is um something that was huge and it's still huge because i still walk into pubs and see everyone drinking the bright orange aperol spritz um 
I was kind of wondering what the next spritz was, you know, is, is there an Aperol spritz 2.1 or whatever it is? <laughs> oh, well, that's, I mean, that's the big question. There's so yeah. many different varieties. Um, something I've spotted uh, a little more frequently is something called Garibaldi, which is um, a really great two ingredient cocktail. It's just Campari and orange. So it's quite good. I didn't know um, it was called a Garibaldi. Yeah. I know, which is, I just always think of the biscuits. So I think initially I was like, oh, Garibaldi. And it's definitely nothing like the biscuit, but it is good. Um, and that's um, sort of orange juice, which is usually freshly squeezed. Yeah. And I think you can uh, give it a blitz in a blender, which apparently gives a sort of slightly oh, fluffier texture. Okay. Um, and do you have that over ice as a long drink? Um, yeah. yeah, as a long drink. And you add um, a bit of Campari to it. And it's just nice because you've got the kind of dry sort of, quite tart and parry but with a slight sweetness of the orange juice okay. you can always add a bit of sugar yeah if you want it a bit sweeter but sweeter. that's a bit of a elegant drink um in terms of a more of a classic spritz i really like a hugo spritz which um uses elderflower liqueur sparkling wine um soda water and mint mm. and that's quite um quite delicate yeah that sounds really nice. like light as well and refreshing for sure yeah fantastic and you've got a ratio for spritzes too haven't you yes so if you are making a spritz always remember um three two one okay so that's three two one ratio of sparkling wine mm-hmm. um uh something bitter like aperol campari and then a, just a dash of sparkling water on the top okay so that just gives it that extra lift at the yeah. end fantastic okay so we mentioned non-alcoholic spirits a couple of times um I've I've tried I've tried a couple of them. I'm not really I don't really drink spirits at home or make cocktails. You you do a lot of cocktail development and mm. and you know recipe writing. So you'll know more about this than I do. Because I was wondering, are they are they worth the price tag? Are they good? Um, you know, there's so many more of them out there now. Yeah, I mean, this quality again has shot up a lot, and there is so much for so much available. If I'm honest, like I do sometimes struggle with the price tag of some of them. And sometimes I think, oh, am I just drinking just very expensive flavoured water uh, <laughs> that I've paid £30 a bottle for? But um, so they are getting really, really good. And actually, yeah. if you, you know, if you don't, if you just don't drink or you regularly take breaks from alcohol, from drinking alcohol and you just want a nice drink, then mm. it probably is worth having a bottle, you know, to hand. Um so um, if you're, I mean, there are so many brands out there and it can seem a bit overwhelming. Um, a good rule of thumb is if a gin distillery is doing a zero alcohol uh, okay. version, um, I, I found that they tend to do a really good job. So one of my favourites is Sulcum Gin, which um, released a sort of um, clear gin alternative called New London Light. That's quite zesty okay. and fresh. Um, and they've also done a couple of new additions recently, including one called the Gin Sky, which is much more like almost like a, an aperitif, like really zesty and packed full of citrus flavour, which I really, really like. What about some other non-alcoholic spirits apart from gin? Um, so I always tell, if anyone's looking for non-alcoholic uh, recommendations, I always say go for um, a zero-alcohol aperitif. Um, oh, okay. I think it's quite sounds very niche, but um, you're seeing a lot more of them recently. And that, again, there is something that might taste similar to... Aperol or Campari um so they're sort of semi bittersweet Bitter, and they've yeah. got loads and loads of different ingredients often like citrus herbs spices mm. so they offer like tons of flavor which is the one thing and just often quite like assertive bittersweet flavor mm. so if you're not drinking alcohol it just offers 
that complexity yeah. um, that, that you might want. And they work really well in, say, for example, spritzers or the bases to other drinks. Um, my favourite one is, um, it's from a brand called Tuscan Tree and it's called Blood Orange Non-Alcoholic Aperitivo. Nice. And it's, yeah, it's just so delicious and zesty. Um, I've spoken to other drinks writers who also recommend it as well. And it's like a proper bargain. It's, I think, around £12 yeah. on Master of Malt, which yeah. considering... Some uh, you know, I've seen a lot of non-alcoholic drinks will go for like thirty pounds or something. Yeah, so that's quite a, and a that, nice that's one to a, have. A big bottle as well. Yeah, cool. Whilst we're talking about non-alcoholic drinks, ready-made, um, both of us are big fans of the beers, and which have over the last few years have just rocketed. Mm-hmm. It used to be that all you could get was Bex Blue. I mean, that was it. Mm. And now, you know, even going into pubs and stuff, they've got so much more on offer. Tell, tell us about some of your favourites. Yes, yeah, so I'm 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 quite obsessed with non-alcoholic beers because my partner doesn't drink, so I'm just you know we're always kind of looking for a really good one. Yeah. Um, I probably say my go-to ones are uh, Brooklyn Brewery Special Effects, mm. which I think for me, when you drink it, I don't think you can tell it doesn't have alcohol, yeah. which is yeah, that's that's the one thing I look for. <laughs> I think you know now they're getting so good that I think a lot of the time when you drink it, you think. I can't tell if it doesn't have booze. Um, there's another great brand called Lowlander that do this amazing yeah. wood beer, which I think you introduced me to. Yeah, Lowlander's this incredible um, Dutch beer and, and a lot of the ingredients they use um, in their brewing are kind of byproducts of other things, like they use discarded peels and they use um, spices and stuff. But it's just the complexity. It just no- like knocked me out when I tried this beer. I thought mm. it was fantastic. I mean, I... I personally, if on a, on a sort of day to day basis, there's a there's a beer called um, Infinite Session who do a pale ale and an IPA, and I think they're just incredible. Mm. I mean, I could drink a lot of it. The IPA in particular, I think, just tastes tastes like an IPA. Mm. So, um, but yeah, all of the big breweries are doing them now, and even some of the sort of more lots of craft beers. I think the craft beer really um, benefits from it because you get all of these other flavorings in there as well you know get all so, so it's a lot more complex um so i think that that's a good one for people just if you're we've got a, a great guide online again which is our favorite non alk beers isn't it mm-hmm. um so i think if people wanted to go and have a look at that and there's loads of online stuff to order so if you want to sort of do some investigations definitely want to try for the summer um so let's move on to the next one which is something i thought i'd seen and you you said i was correct which is retro drinks coming back tell us about that yes yeah, so um i've seen this mentioned as a bit of a drinks trend and apparently um yes yeah, searches for kind of retro cocktails like um a tequila sunrise for example are are increasing um and we've 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 got recipes for lots of drinks like that so pina colada um sex on the beach tequila sunrise blue lagoon um i think there's you know, I think particularly now when everything's so tumultuous, I think maybe people are looking for something a bit more familiar, fun, yeah. fun as well. Like something yeah. quite like, that's something great about a blue cocktail. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. like, I know they're not necessarily always that trendy, but there's yeah. something quite sort of like, and also a lot of them are really easy drinking, um, kind of sweet, and they're perfect for summer as well. Yeah, they're sort of quite low on the, they're not they're not that like hefty Negroni or old fashioned. It's like, it's a long drink with lots of ice and lots of like other things in it as I well. I know, isn't and, it? and that sweetness is quite comforting, mm. I think. Um, and yeah, just easy to drink, yeah. which is what you want really. <laughs> in the summer. And finally, you were just going to give us some summer wine tips. Yes, so um, I'm sure everyone will be drinking wine as well as cocktails and beers this summer. The most popular drink for summer 
is rosé. Um, it's been building in momentum for years and it just yeah seems to get more and more yeah. more and more popular it's the classic thing isn't it summer's here roses out definitely exactly and I, I mean I you know I'm the same um when it's really really hot there's nothing better than a kind of glass of ice cold rose the most popular is that sort of delicate pale Provence rose which um most people will drink and it is lovely you know it's it's really easy drinking um it's really elegant um but the one thing I would say is that and this is what I, I I used to be guilty of this, is that you think pale equals quality. Yeah, me too. Yeah, um, th- but that's just not the case. Um, it's it's so a dark rosé. I often assume would be like super sweet, but mm. often they can be just as dry. But usually the darker the darker colour um, indicates a bit more kind of tannins in the wine, and a okay. bit more flavour. So um, they're really good if you want a rosé just with a bit more body, because obviously those pale rosés, mm. the really good examples are great. But I've I've also tasted some really light unremarkable kind of pale rosés and not much flavour yeah a bit more heft and they're really good at things like spicy food as well brilliant well loads of tips there for summer drinking hannah thank you so much again for coming to chat to us oh no problem thank you for listening to the olive podcast for recipes and more information head to olivemagazine.com do remember to listen out for our effortless bonus episodes where our guests reveal their best cooking cheats hacks and shortcuts And don't forget to subscribe at iTunes, Acast, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.